WOVULP Cleveland. Voices today. Hello and welcome to Our Voices Today on WOVU 95.9 FM. This is Burton Bell Carr Community Radio streaming live from WOVU.org and the WOVU mobile app. Still haven't found out who's in charge of the alphabet, but I will. Just like I, I, I never give up. You know what I'm saying? Never give up. Just like I got my pomegranate seeds. I'm going to figure out who is in charge of the alphabet so that I can lobby to change W to double V. Because that's what it is. It's two V's stuck together um, at the top. Stuck together at the top. But we are stuck together because W-O-V-U stands for Our Voices United. Remember, you can always, always, always call us, share your voice uh, live on the air at this number, write it down, save it in your phone, 216-271-0959, 216-271-0959. You can also send a text message or leave a voicemail on the WOVU talkback line. Save this number in your phone too. The talkback line, 216-200-7848, 216 7848. Uh, so share anything that's happening, you know, that you want us to talk about, that you want to talk about. What's bothering you? What makes you happy? What are your struggles and your joys? Please share with us on the talk back line. Quick announcement before we jump into Jumpstart Friday, right here on WOVU. COVID 19 vaccinations are available for Cleveland residents and workers. The Cleveland Department of Public Health will have a limited number of first-dose Pfizer vaccines available for Cleveland residents ages 40 and up, pregnant women, and those with specified medical conditions. Workers in certain occupations are also eligible. Saturday, April 3rd, tomorrow at Zion Hill Baptist Church, 11115 Kinsman Road from 9.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. You want to register at this website, clecovidvaccine.timetap.com, clecovidvaccine.timetap.com, or you can call the Cleveland Department of Public Health Vaccine Info Line at 216-664-2222, So to register, so you want to call them uh, up until 5 p.m., probably 4.30 today to get registered if the spots are still available for the COVID-19 vaccination clinic tomorrow, April 3rd, at Zion Hill Baptist Church 11115. Kinsman Road from 9.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Just want to share with you all, I had my first dose of the Pfizer vaccine yesterday. And as has been commonly reported, I, just, I have a sore arm and that's it. That's that's all. That's all she wrote. So um, we'll see what happens with the second dose. I'm sure I'll be fine. Most people are. So I'm getting protected. I hope that you decide to get protected as well. So many things swirling around, you know, in our air, in our food, in our water, 
Uh, so many things that we already protect ourselves from in a myriad of ways. Why not take a trip on over to a vaccination clinic and protect yourself from the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, right? Remember, oh, and so I just want to also remind you before we jump into today's festivities, COVID, the vaccine protects you and the greater community. Remember, COVID-19 is the disease that develops as a result of exposure to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. So first there's a virus and then the virus develops in your body, hooks into your immune system and creates a disease. So the vaccine is protecting you by keeping you from getting sick from the disease developing in your body. It also protects the rest of the community by preventing your body from developing disease and then spreading the disease around town. So I just wanted to clear that up because it was cleared up for me in case you were wondering if you didn't know. Now you do. Without further ado, though, you know what time it is. Yes. That's right. It is Jumpstart Friday on WOVU 95.9 FM. Jumpstart is an organization dedicated to promoting business and entrepreneurship amongst the residents of Cleveland and Northeast Ohio. You can find them online at Jumpstart. INC.org slash WOVU 95. Oops, not slash WOVU. I'm so used to saying WOVU 95.9 FM because that is what you are listening to. They are located at 6701 Carnegie Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio. You can give them a call at 216-363-3400. Here for your, all your entrepreneurial needs, Jumpstart is here for you. And so our guest today, our conversation rather, focusing on minorities in tech. We are exploring the challenges and hurdles that bar certain communities from entering the tech industry. And we'll share some local initiatives that help address this problem. So I would like to welcome... To Jumpstart Friday, our guests, Tandi and Terrence Allen, technology coaches with Urban City Codes. Tandi and Terrence, welcome to our voices today. Jumpstart Friday on WOVU 95.9 FM. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're doing pretty good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Yes, welcome, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to W O V U. So the two of you um, are part of Urban City Codes, and uh, for those who don't know, Urban City Codes is a, a an organization that provides uh, tech education and assistance to those who have uh, lesser access. Urban City Codes helps empower, motivate, and guide underrepresented and under-resourced communities learn tech skills. So we are going to learn all about that as well as Jumpstart's access tech program uh, that is powered, well, powered by Jumpstart, funded by Verizon. So we'll get into that as well later on in the program. Remember, if you would like to ask a question, share a comment or an experience, call us live 216-271-0959, 216-271-0959. So uh, back to our guests, Tondi Allen and Terrence Allen, power couple in technology. 
Um, I let's start, you know, with your story. Okay, so um, I don't know who wants to take the lead. I'll let the two of you, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, draw <laughs> straws on that one. But you know, tell us about your journey um, through business and and technology and uh, and and how Urban City Codes you know, got started, came to be, and and all of that. Give us the whole shebang. Okay. Well, we could, yeah, we're a tag team. It. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so um, I'll just start off by saying um, I, I, I ran out to New York very early on uh, back in the day trying to be an actress. Okay. And, um, I realized that it cost a million dollars a year uh, to live in New York. And I had to think on my feet. I had to say, well, I can't audition and wait tables um, and wait for my big break living out here when it costs a million dollars a year to live here. And I ended up um, just going to school for, um, I picked two, two areas that I thought was in demand, technology and health, a healthcare career. So it was a health IT focus. Um, degree that I went after. However, after um, going through that, going through that program and graduating with a degree, people weren't necessarily knocking down the doors ready to give me a job as a health IT uh, consultant or professional. So what ended up happening was that I found out um, a software that was being utilized to help nurses uh, bill for their own cases. So they were doing home care cases. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, this software actually connects them to the money, to the insurance companies. If I teach them this software, then they could bring their own money and they don't have to go to the agencies. And that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I was running into nurses making like forty or $50,000 a year. Now they were making $200,000 a year on a case. Wow. Because maybe the activities that they were doing, um, the insurance companies were paying pretty good. So that light bulb moment went off um, when I said, hey, I'm with technology. Okay. Mm-hmm. Technology was the gateway to help me sustain myself financially. I didn't have to um, uh, follow an actress career and I didn't have to wait for a job. I pretty much created a job for myself. And, and that's really, um, that was really the moment where, you know, we said, hey, let's focus on, you know, technology. I know my husband has his own path in technology, but once we realized that technology was going to change our economic status, we continued to follow that path. And we developed an um, organization called Mass Techism which was around uh, web design and app development. Um, but the thing is, we were focused on black and brown communities, taking them from online companies to, I'm sorry, taking them from brick and mortar companies and transitioning them to online companies, okay? So once we realized you know, we were doing such a great thing, we realized we weren't doing a great thing because once we handed over the keys, um, our community really didn't have the skills to manage it. So we were running into roadblocks like, how do I upload a picture? How do I resize? How do I um, work this portal? How do I manage my customers? How do I work a chat bot? I mean, it was, it was all kinds of requests. So um, that's how my husband and I, we came to forming Urban City Codes because we had to create a way uh, to train our community in technology skills. Uh, and we actually started off just training the business owners, but then we started, you know, expanding out and training communities, um, different nonprofit organizations that had a network of uh, students that may have needed digital literacy training and other trainings. So that's how we, uh, that's how we formed Urban City Codes. Karen, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, thanks again. Um, Dwight, to give an overview from my perspective is um, I was young. I grew up in uh, uh, Cleveland, um, Cleveland's east side, primarily like the St. Clair area. Mm-hmm. So um, 
for me, I was just always interested in how things work. Um, I started off as a, um, into the arts. So I always thought I can create whatever I see. And whatever I see, I just believe I can just kind of make it if I uh, put my mind to it. So I, I primarily, most of my uh, young life, I eventually got into sports and I pretty much played basketball the whole time. So I use basketball as a, uh, or sports or some kind of thing that you're into. And I was into arts um, in my free time to kind of get me through the times. And I, and I just use that, like if I could just get to, get to college um, because um, I didn't want to be kind of in the environment um, at the time. So I said, the only way that I can kind of change where I'm at is to kind of create it. Mm-hmm. So I use sports and try to be as good as I can in that. I'm like, well, if I can make it in this area, then I can change by maybe if I make it to the league, I can start changing things financially. So a lot of uh, breaks didn't happen for me the way I did, but I always kept my education in mind. I said, all thus anything, I'm going to make sure I finish school uh, where it's not common. So I had to keep my mind through it, throughout, through all the faults and the lack of support. You know, initially when I went to school, nobody even actually believed that I was going to school. They thought I was joking. I like, hey, I need a ride. They stepped me down to the college. I'm playing basketball. No one ever, you know, even believed me. Um, it took a long time for people to actually believe me, I, I believe, or, or or they was just, I don't want to say, um, they just didn't have the time, I just put it that way, um, to either come to games or support me in the things or my initiatives. So I had said, figure, hey, let me let me learn something that I can control what I learn. You can't control my hand. You can't control uh, my my ability to make things happen on a, a on a basketball court. So I kind of used that as a way. And I, it allowed me to go to college and I actually picked up um, graphic design initially. I, I picked up graphic design initially. And then from that point, I was like, oh, we could create things. So I'm in the room and I know we're going to speak on some of these points later. So I'm in the room with different people different than me trying to learn. I'm like, OK, so th- I'm thinking at this time, like, so this is what they're doing. So um, I'm thinking like I could bring this back. You know, So at this point, I'm like learning everything. How can I use this tool and learn everything I need to know and bring it back? Then I got into web development and things of that nature. And then that ultimately led me into creating a business and creating job opportunities. So I was able to create a small business. I started off with graphic design packages. Then I started with web web design packages. Then from there, I was able to build a portfolio. That portfolio allowed me to work in Florida and different places uh, where I was doing products for some of the top uh, artists, um, top comedians um, in the Seminole casinos down in Florida. So I got to see a lot of things and I want to talk, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about um, in the workplace and things like that. But that once that experience allowed me to say, hey, there's a divide here. There's a gap. Uh, We're not getting these opportunities. I'm the only one here. And I don't think we even know about this. Mm -hmm. So I started to use that as a tool to gain. And then, then ultimately, we brought our IT careers together and said, hey, Let's make this a start, not only developing our ecosystem, but letting people understand what it is that these opportunities are actually out here and put somebody in front of them like them so that they can actually believe it instead of like, hey, you should take this. Hey, you should take that. We try to put people in front of you that actually have experience in these and know the the barriers, um, know how to prepare for them and to know that you can do it. Um, So. We created uh, Urban City Codes off that premise to help the economic structure, help uh, small businesses um, get online, especially with the ever-changing world of technology. If we don't keep up, we'll fall, continue to fall behind. Um, and this gap that we're talking about, it's funny because we're still talking about a 2% gap now. They were talking about, this was 15 years ago, 15, 16 years ago, they was talking about a 2% tech gap. And I was reading these articles about it. and. And they say we're improving, but somehow we're still at 2% or less. So we have to do this. We created a culturally focused environment. So uh, underrepresented people or under-resourced individuals could come to a a community-based learning training for technology and learn from uh, some of the best in the field. 
So that's kind of a, a, a snapshot of how we kind of came up with it. And um, obviously we don't understand uh, Tiny's perspective is also part of that as well. Absolutely. So our, our mission really, so really what it is, Urban City Codes is a culturally focused community-based right. technology training solution. And like he mentioned, they say we make up 2% of the tech industry, but it's really more like 0.02%. Um, so our mission of closing that tech gap really involves using a different approach, okay? Um, so we see a lot of traditional approaches in education and learning centers, but we use a different approach. We have um, try it workshops so you can see what it feels like to be that um, pro tech professional before you actually commit to that pathway. Uh, we have certification prep courses. We have skills training, work skills training, and yeah. even uh, pre-apprenticeship programs. There are a <laughs> lot of super interesting things. You know, as I explored the Urban City Codes website, I was like, oh my goodness, how do I get into this? How can I do that? Like, I mean, it's particularly, I'll give our listeners a little uh, heads up. Drone training, y'all. Drone training. That yeah. is something that they offer at Urban City Code. So we are speaking with Tandi and Terrence Allen, uh, founders of Urban City Codes, a culturally focused community-based technology uh, solutions organization where they help empower, motivate, educate, guide underrepresented and under-resourced communities learn tech skills, particularly uh, our Black community, uh, helping, you know, small business transition from brick and mortar to the digital uh, entrepreneurial business space. So if you have any questions for them, uh, call us at 216-271-0959. Have you participated with Urban City Codes or any other uh, coding program. Uh, tell us your experience. Tell us what you thought. Are you looking to get into the tech industry? Come and ask your questions. Now is your opportunity live on the air. 216-271-0959. It is Jumpstart Friday on WOVU 95.9 FM. More when we come back with our guests. This is Lamont Mackley from Jumpstart, and you're listening to WOVU 95.9 FM. Ohio's mass vaccination clinic at Cleveland State's Wolstein Center is opening, and appointments have been reserved for listeners of this station, but slots are limited. Find out if you're eligible and register for a shot by calling 1-833-427-5634 and mention the code RADIO when you call. The COVID-19 vaccines are safe, effective, clinically tested, and free. Again, that number is 1-833-427-5634 and use the code RADIO. Brought to you by the State of Ohio and WOVU 95.9 FM, Burton Bell Car Community Radio. WOVU listeners, we understand that COVID-19 has taken a toll on our emotional health, our physical health, and our financial health, which can lead us down a scary path when it comes to our housing situation, with many of us facing eviction. But we want you to know that Cleveland residents, there is help for you. If you are a renter in Cleveland, you have kids in your home, and you meet certain low-income guidelines, you can access free help from the Legal Aid Society by calling 216 Six eight seven one nine zero zero. That's two one six six eight seven one nine zero zero. And those who qualify will be able to get free legal help for their eviction cases. You can also visit freevictionhelp.org 24 hours a day, seven days a week to apply. Remember, there is no shame in facing eviction. The Legal Aid Society is here to help. Call 216-687-1900 right now. This message is brought to you by the Legal Aid Society of Cleveland, the United Way of Greater Cleveland, and WOVU 95.9 FM, our voices united, a Burton Bell Car community radio station. All 
All right, we are back. You are tuned in to Jumpstart Fridays on WOVU 95.9 FM. With us today, talking about minorities in technology from Urban City Codes, Tondi and Terrence Allen, the founders of Urban City Codes. And what is Urban City Codes? It's a culturally focused, community-based technology solutions environment helping to motivate, guide, and empower underrepresented and under-resourced communities learn tech skills, you know, uh, helping many business owners shift from, you know, brick and mortar, probably, you know, from the basement and the attic on into the digital space. Uh, and as Tandi uh, described to us earlier, part of, you know, that journey, they started out with a company that gave people the keys you know, to that digital space. But then there was a a gap in understanding and that's what birthed Urban City Codes also addressing the gap in uh, minority or black representation in the tech industry. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about that. I know Tandi and Terrence, you mentioned uh, the 2% uh, gap or representation rates uh, amongst uh, African-Americans uh, in uh, the IT sector, in technology. Um, how does uh, Urban City Codes uh, really address that? Uh, I know, you know, there's lots of programs, um, but how do you really get people interested and, and um, hooked onto the idea of getting involved in, in the tech, tech world? Well, what we were seeing is that um, there are a lot of problems um, that were involved with getting buy-in from uh, black and brown people in the technology industry. And it wasn't a problem a lot of people could solve. Um, and, and mainly it comes from the fact that, and I'm just going to be frank here, the face of technology was literally an old white man. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, it rings true right now in a lot of learning environments. So if you're black or you're brown, um, you never see yourself in these different spaces. The buy-in really just isn't there. Um, what we were realizing is that black people were not represented as um, instructors, okay, for one. So every time you're trying to learn a new technology skill, your instructor doesn't look like you. Um, and what we also discovered is that black people as a, as a community are fragile when it comes to learning something new because we were told that it was hard Mm -hmm. or it was for the smart quote-unquote the smart students so you you know you you tend to think okay well maybe it's not me maybe I'm not the smart student I need to do something more with my hands and you know or lean more towards things I see in my community Mm -hmm. which is you know doing hair doing nails and um like restaurants and things like that Mm -hmm. um but the problem with that is that we have a lot of those already in our community we are uh saturated with those types of businesses but it really comes back to the buy-in so um we were noticing that um a lot of black people who would try to be brave enough and go down the technology path were put in a vulnerable situation. What do I mean by that? They're telling you they're they're being told to take an assessment to to judge where you are uh, on the on the digital spectrum. Do you mm-hmm. understand enough to even take the classes? Okay, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe if they did get by enough, they would be in a class with people who really didn't look like them. Maybe two or three people in a class full of uh, faces and groups that didn't look like them. So. They may have not been sure sure what level they were on, but they really don't want to be exposed, okay, in front of the group. Um, And then what about school? School told us that you needed math to be a programmer or a coder. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us weren't that great in math. You know, maybe the math teachers at the time didn't really connect with us. Mm -hmm. I remember growing up, I struggled with math until I got into the ninth grade. Um, There was one teacher who really opened that lock who explained algebra in a way that helped me to understand. But how many teachers did I have to go through to really understand math, finally, you know? So so that, when you don't understand stuff early on and then they tell you you can't go into technology unless you're good at math, right. 
you're not going to go into technology, okay? Um, and then what about the media? The media, um, anytime they ever portrayed anybody in technology, there was always a nerd look. So instead of just having always like all types of people that had different looks being in technology, they were always casting in the different media outlets people like young white guys or nerdy guys or nerdy this look you know it really just uh really didn't align with our identities we didn't look at ourselves as nerds we didn't look at ourselves as young and white and free so we were like well this is probably not for me you know um and then what about the fear of not understanding um about you know social skills in a technology learning environment if you have fear already okay you're already a little fragile when you go into a learning environment like this learning something new like technology and then guess what somebody start whispering to each other you automatically think they're talking about you when they might have just been planning their lunch But that's black people. That's the kind of stuff we get sensitive about because we're uh, sure of ourselves in this space. And then we're put in a space where, you know, we don't know if if it's going to work out. So so the way we've been, way we've approached this, and that's why I said it's a different approach. Mm-hmm. We know about all that. Why? Because we've been there, done that. We felt that. Okay. We've seen, we've been in the conversations where somebody said, well, if you don't get it, you just can't be a part of IT. Mm -hmm. You know, well, well, guess what? Everybody can be a part of IT because IT is so broad. It's a tool. Mm -hmm. It's just, we just need to figure out which tool works for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you ask the question, well, well, how do we get, how do we get them to come into this uh, space of technology? Our approach is, hey, all of our instructors are black. Okay, Um, we created that safe space where you can ask the dumb questions. They're not dumb, but what if you want to know what a hard drive is Mm -hmm. or what's a keyboard or what's Mm -hmm. a USB? We can't assume everybody's on the same level Mm -hmm. and we can't um, make everyone feel uncomfortable if they want to ask that question because we don't know where everyone's coming from. So. We created this space that our policy is to make everyone feel included regardless um, and respect it regardless of your technology level. Okay, mm-hmm. we are all in the same boat. Nobody's above and nobody's below. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, just to add to that, the uh, other thing that we focus on is that um, it's not pointed out, it's like um, not only just representation, but our actual physical appearance. Um, um, causes this um, the idea of not either uh, being able to participate or not being allowed to participate. From my experience, I know that I've always been a tall athlete, which is uncommon. Like she mentioned earlier, probably a small person, nerdish, and more comfortable. I guess if we want to put a um, label on based on your physical appearance, as being like a softer look or feel where I always was an athlete. I always was bigger than a lot of people in the room. And sometimes that becomes a challenge. Um, the other part is that um, women are also dealing with it. Not only that, you have them not only being a woman, they also being black trying to learn is also a way we need a representation so that we can see that. Some people face challenges with their actual instructors sometimes. The instructor might um, call out their lively. Um, they mix up their life choices into their actual learning process to why they can't be successful. Um, and this, this is stuff that I actually witnessed, challenging yeah. people on um, they have kids or um, because they don't they don't have a they're a single mom, things of that nature, mm-hmm. discouraging them from the ability to actually learn where we know our community. We know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We know about our, our, how our grandmothers work all the way down to the, the grandbaby. So we are the best people in that instance to kind of help bring the IT space to them and diversify them and give them diversified understanding. So when they do go out into the real world, it's not just us out there, but we're going to help you 
get into it through this culturally focused training through technology so that you can go into a diversified world. And not only that, you can understand from our trainings, from our experience, mm -hmm. what to expect in a diversified world as well. So the reason why it's culturally focused is so that they can at least get in and join into the game, right? right. Okay. Just like she mentioned earlier, we just want to be able to advertise ourselves as, hey, you can learn this over here. We can still get you connected to everything in the community and what it's about, but let's help you get into the game first. Yeah, and, uh, create a... that culturally focused. Mm -hmm. And so we can shorten that gap by just that, just that alone. Yeah, just coming into yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, good so point. We want to get buy in. That's a good point that uh, you can tell people, hey, if you want to learn this, you want to learn technology, you can come over here and learn it with us and you'll still ha get the same, have the same competency um, and they still have the same connection and access because, you know, there are people who believe that unless you are in that space where it's all white, that that's the only way that you'll have a chance. And um, I also, um, uh, uh, you know, can relate to the fact that, you know, not being um, um, exposed, right, to these certain um, industries and terminology, like what's a hard drive, you know, what's RAM, what's ROM, and all of that. Right. Like, if you didn't grow right. up with that, um, then you walk into that space, you know, eager to learn, and you feel like you're 10 steps behind and then that keeps you from even asking a question, um, fearing that, you know, bring about that fear and, and and things like that. So being in um, a culturally competent environment um, is definitely uh, more um, what what uh, supportive. Right. But what does yeah. it what does it mean? To, to What does that actually mean um, when you say culturally focus like are we focused on just black stuff and technology or like you know what, what explain to us what yeah. that means what that means is that we've identified things that affect our our community as black people okay and we try to work through that mm -hmm. so for example um we had a coding class um and you know somebody had a bunch of kids in the background and they were tearing up all the box they took all the masks out of the boxes and stuff Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because she was like, y'all that went in here to tore up all those masks. But guess what? Nobody in the group flinched mm -hmm. because that's us. That's our key. That's what these are the kind of things we deal with all the time. We always have challenges um, with, you know, single motherhood or um, kids not listening when we're trying to learn something or um, not having the right support or needing extra tutoring around something, but maybe we didn't want to say it out loud. Or, you know, we know about the challenges that our culture faces. So what we do is we incorporate them into our learning, you know? And sometimes, you know, when you're here, when you're talking about what does it mean to be a part of a tech team, we could talk more frank and open about it, okay? We could talk about, you know, you got to clean up or you got to take that hat off. You know, the things like that. When you hear that from somebody else, they're thinking, oh, that's easy for you to say because that's how you dress. You mm -hmm. dress a certain way all the time. But this is how my culture dresses. And I don't have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. But if you have somebody look at you, look like you tell you that, we take away excuses. Because sometimes when you're trying when you're black and you're trying to learn technology. Mm -hmm. We come with some excuses because we say, well, that's what the other group does. That's the other group's uh, thing. You know, they they grow up like this or they grow up like that. And so that's why they have opportunity. But then what's our excuse? We all came from the same place. Mm -hmm. My husband didn't grow up in the best neighborhood. I came from foster care. So we eliminate any excuse you might have as to why you can't learn technology. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm bad at math. You was probably good at math. No, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. You know, anything you can come up to us with, we lived it because we are black and we came from the same community. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other people are living it too. And they came from the same challenges. We all came from the same challenges. Okay. The black community is only so big. And plus, is, uh, it's only so big in Cleveland. 
So whatever excuse gets used, we remove them immediately. And we try to remove not only excuses, but we help to remove fears by breaking down concepts that could create a barrier. So like maybe, for example, like you said, you coming in and you feeling like you're 10 steps behind. But if you pull us to the side and say, can I spend some, some time with you tomorrow? We'll slow that down for you because we're not going to say, oh, you should have known this or you should have been through this in ninth grade or 10th grade or, or, you know, I'm going to tell you a little story. I remember when I was, uh, um, when I took a, a computer class, my first computer class at, um, at Cleveland State. And there was everybody, I was the only black person in the class and I was the only black woman in the class. And I remember the first exercise we did was on the first day and it was um, zeros and ones and stuff. Then I swear everybody had been training for this already. It was no, <laughs> they didn't never, they never even broke it down, none of it. Right. These people already knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, when did y'all do this? This is our first day of class. Right. Because they had been exposed to it from their high schools. Right. Whereas like my high school, they didn't really get into coding or anything like that. And I'm learning now a lot of schools not even teaching um, basic like Microsoft skills, you know. So when they get to college, they're going to be struggling with like writing papers. Mm. So when you have Ooh. those barriers, how are you going to even get to the learning part? Right. So, yeah, we, so yeah. we break those down. Yeah. So, yeah, I would like to um, add to the culturally focused piece. Um. The, the biggest thing is um, we have to be honest uh, with what's going on here. All things that ever been kind of taught or learned has been at focused on a culture at one point in time or another and then brought to a group. So by nature, a lot of things are, are culturally focused and is like development. And then it's brought to the masses or whatever it might be. So there's a lot of groups and things out there that we we don't challenge them for doing what they do in different cultures. Um, and they kind of do their own practices. And then it just so happens that we had to create a culturally focused program due to the fact that we may not understand that exactly how to work together. So is is another way of this. Uh, hey, we could work together and get to the same goals of every other culture so that we could be we can compete in this diversified uh, world that we living in and actually can actually can compete like she said when i was going to when i went to college it, it was once i started getting into technology it was no help at all I, when i even in, in the arts no one helped me on no projects but i always had end up having the best projects because i had to do more because the teacher wasn't coming around to me mm. because he was culturally distracted in my opinion because if it's like 10 people like him, it's natural by nature, right. culturally, for him to go through the nine and then by 10, the end of the class that got there and tell me I have to meet during the appointment. Now, mind you, I'm on the basketball team. So I'm, I'm in the gym by three. So I can't really, I don't have that much time. All I have is my class time. Mm-hmm. So when you do that, it's like, it's feeling like now I'm up late nights. So not only am I on the basketball team, no one was there when I'm up at two o'clock a.m. to get projects done, going over to the labs and the facilities. I have to pick up a work study just to work in the lab so I can get my projects done because I knew I wasn't going to get that support. Mm-hmm. Every time I went to class, it didn't matter. And not only that, I watch all the students help each other. Yeah. If I ask for something, hey, well, how did you do that? What? Nobody comes comes for me. Yeah. So. So I'm facing this challenge. This is real life. I'm facing these challenges. Now, and now I look back, not none of them, none of the students that was kind of with me even made it as far because the hurdle was that deep. So I was facing those challenges where the, the instructor never make it to you. Like mm-hmm. I was never on a personable level mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. in college or that I was able to be relatable with the person that was instructing me. So let that sink in. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting there, you thinking about like things like giving up or switching out, um, all these things come in. But the one thing they couldn't control was I was had the ability to, once I got to college to get online because I never had Internet 
And two, I was able to go to college and, mm. and take advantage of, of those facilities. So I never even was able to get on the Internet. So I read, studied, practiced, read, studied, practiced, read, studied, practiced until I got it. And then I moved on to the next thing. I was already building websites and things before this, the instructor even got to them mm. because I didn't know where we were. So when you talk about culturally focused, it's that mm. the, the unsaid, the, what we're not talking about. We're not talking about, okay, we joined this group where, hey, only you're welcome to join, but we're not saying you can't either. And then you're that person that decides to go anyway. So mm-hmm. that's what we mean by the culturally focused. And now you're sitting in there waiting till your turn come around. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have anybody able to help you. Right. And then that, that's the fight you're dealing with. So once we kind of fix that problem, we feel like you know what to anticipate. We can close a lot of these gaps right here in Urban City Codes. Mm-hmm. So that way, when we are already prepared, when we go in there. Yeah. And it's just a lot of challenges out there that we want to be able to bring to light. That way, when people are uh, going through them, they already expecting it or they're already to identify that when they meet the individuals that's going to be in front of them. So I don't want to go too long on that one, but that, those are some of the culturally focused challenges that we deal with. And yeah. then I want to also well, add too. Tandy, let's take a let's take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, we'll get to your point. And I have a couple more questions for the two of you. We are speaking with Tandy and Terrence Allen, founders of Urban City Codes, an organization that helps empower, educate, and and help those underserved communities get involved in the technology industry. Uh, It's not too late. Give us a call, 216-271-0959. If you have a question or a comment, you can find Urban City Codes at urbancitycodes.com online, urbancitycodes.com online, and uh, more with them when we return to Jumpstart Fridays on WOVU 95.9 FM. Do you want to receive the COVID-19 vaccine? Burton Bell Car Development Incorporated is registering eligible residents of Central, Kinsman, and Buckeye right now. We can help you get a priority access code. We can get you registered, connected with transportation, and all the support you need all along the way. Call 216-302-1226 to get registered for your COVID-19 vaccine today. That's 216-302-1226. This message is brought to you by Burton Bell Car Development Incorporated and WOVU 95.9 FM, Our Voices United, a Burton Bell Car community radio station. We are back rounding out this hour of Jumpstart Friday on WOVU 95.9 FM. I'm your host, T.C. Lewis. And with us today talking about technology and the minority communities, uh, Tandi and Terrence Allen, founders of Urban City Codes, an organization uh, designed to be the solution, designed to be the help that uh, you may not have found in your uh, elementary middle school, high school, and college classrooms, you know, around technology and even just around uh, collaboration and assistance. And, you know, we just heard Terrence, you know, share his experience of, you know, always being overlooked um, and and not having that same uh, type of support, right, in in learning and education. And that's what Urban City Codes uh, strives to bring to the table, bring to our communities, providing a culturally focused and culturally competent environment where every one of us, you know, can learn uh, how to get into the technology industry. Uh, let's real quick before we go, you know, what is the economic advantage um, of getting into a technology? You know, how can uh, this, this skill set really change the lives of individuals and families, you know, right here in Cleveland, like WOVU sits in Ward 5. And, um, you know, there's 
uh, housing projects all around. You know what I'm saying? And probably you're speaking to those uh, um, uh, ears, right, who may feel that, you know, I, I don't know math. I can never do that. Or, you know, this app on my phone is so cool. You know, um, I probably could never, you know, create something like that. You know, um, so what is the the uh, the economic advantage and, um, you know, how do we go from, well, let's start there. What's the economic advantage? Um, well, let me just start off by saying <clears throat> when you decide that there's something of technology that you're interested in, let's say, for example, learning how to code. You, you see it, it sounds sexy, it seems like everyone's doing it, and you're just interested in it, right? So you go take a workshop with us, and you say, now, nah, this is something I could do. So when you learn how to code, you have an option of either starting small or going big. What do I mean by that? Just like Terrence and I started, we started with local businesses who needed to transition to online companies. So you could work out, you could really... Uh, create something around your skills. Let's say if you learn how to code and you say, I want to work with um, local businesses like restaurants who may need to put their menu online or um, local businesses who may need to create a store online and all that. You start building your portfolio and then you start getting comfortable with the local businesses because the way the traditional educational pathways say it, Take these skills and then go after the big companies. You know, they want you to go to the big jobs, the big companies. And that might work well for you, too. Let's say um, you, you um, go take a training and you start off at 60000 Okay. Wow. That can happen, but uh, it don't happen to a lot of us. Okay. Okay. And I would challenge that to any organization. How many people have you really hired? That make that kind that you've gotten hired that make that kind of money, and do well, they look like me? Right, I'll tell you. You know, one of uh, another you know coding boot camp organization that is their main um, you know pull. Their main draw is that once you get done with our program, uh, you will be you know able to access that fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar yearly income. So you're saying yeah. that's not typical. No, that's a, yep. that, let's pull the sheets back. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I can even uh, bounce it right now. Like, uh, there's an article on uh, Los Angeles Times, uh, uh was came across that we're let even Latinos right now, granted, their number is still low, they got them rated at a 2.9 percent and they got us at a 1.9 percent. Just think of that, just let that sink. That's how overlooked we are. Even though both the numbers are small, mm-hmm. right? Where we're we're still we at one point nine is what they're trying to say, which is still today under the two percent. And I don't even know how skewed those numbers are, but just think of that. Just think of time that we've been here. You know, before we even. So we have Latinos here now with blacks here. We we can't, we the minorities the uh, one of the largest uh, underrepresented minorities. But even still, they had a 2.9, almost 3%. We still, as the black people, are behind everyone. It's that far back where a lot of them are making up 83% of the tech industry. And uh, Asians are about at 30% of it. So it's like, why? what's going on here? So that's why we have to have a culturally focus. But in terms of the skill set, it has allowed me to take control over my life. Um, a lot of these jobs I used to go to, they give you a test to get the job after they already accepted you to come in. Yeah. So you don't even know that they're going to make you build a website when you come in on your first day or your, your actually your interview day, they give you a test again. Mm-hmm. Yep. After I told, I showed you a portfolio, I'm thinking I'm getting hired or where have you. And then they tell me I don't fit the culture. What, how, what, where, what are we doing here? So, the, the honest truth is, it's not the truth not being told. The reason, and that's a lot of reason why the culture we focus came up because when I was used to go for a lot of these interviews, I didn't fit the culture, and that's what they told me. Mm. Not that it was never my skill set. They told me, "Oh, you, we think you'll be a great fit overall. We just don't think you're culturally fo- like you can't fit here culturally." That's what they told me. Just let that sink in. 
And I don't, and I don't, I'm not going to change how I am. I dress clean and sharp. I put my suits and stuff on just like anybody else would to be professional. But these are the real challenges, real life challenges. So I said, hold on. One thing you can't do is we can't allow them to take our skills away, our ability to learn, our ability to process and develop our own things. Mm -hmm. So I'm also prepared to work and I'm also prepared to run a business if that has to be my way. Mm -hmm. Because once I develop a skill set, you cannot take that away from me. The only thing that could stop me is me not going out there and using it. So once we develop those, our individuals, the skill set, we also go over processes on how you can use this, how you can incorporate yourself into the tech industry to find employment at that, how to leverage those opportunities so that you also can still run your own side gig or whatever it might be until it, it comes to pass. So that's the economic opportunity in it is that you get a skill that very few have. I already mm -hmm. told you the numbers. Mm -hmm. So you're a gym once you get the skill set. Right. So yeah. you yeah. that approach. And then too, the social skills that you need to work yeah. in these types of environments. So yeah. like I say, we help you to get the skills, but with us, you got two pathways. You can do you can go at it as a career and work for the big companies, but you don't have to hold your breath. You mm -hmm. can actually be building yourself, getting the mm -hmm. practice, um, creating that portfolio. Um, building yourself up the whole time and not get discouraged if you put in 10 applications and nobody hires you. Mm -hmm. If they hire you, great, because what they're doing now is they're paying you to learn. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. But you don't have to hang your head on that. You could be creating your own projects and even create your business. Sometimes you create a business with these skills and you turn around and realize you don't even need the job. Mm. <laughs> You're making money on your own without mm -hmm. the job, even maybe as a contractor. Same thing with um, uh, cybersecurity fundamentals. You know, we teach that because we wanna help you figure out which path you wanna follow. You might wanna be a cybersecurity technician or you may wanna go all the way um, and be a network engineer. You know, that's on, on a higher level. But it really is up to you once you get the skills. And we also teach you how to learn. See, that's another thing that a lot of uh, places leave out. How do you teach somebody how to learn? Because yep. once you get taught how to learn something, you can self-teach yourself a lot of subtopic skills. Mm -hmm. Because, like, for example, cybersecurity is so broad. But once we implement some of those good habits and those uh, processes and learning um, cybersecurity, you can keep going after different um, certifications. Um, and you don't ha have to wait on anyone mm -hmm. and you can get contracts. OK, same thing with drone technology. It's not just for entertainment. Mm -hmm. You could use That's drones for thermal cool. imaging, security surveillance, right. uh, putting fires out, emergency product delivery, disaster recovery. We offer um, two pathways for that. We offer a drone cadet program so you can see what it feels like to fly a drone, understand safety, what the FAA rules are and things like that. And if you take that serious, you can go on, on to our um, unmanned technology workforce pathway where we have companies waiting to hire pilots. Listen, like, I'm so short right now. I, <laughs> I have to stop you right there. We only have one minute left, but I think we need a part two. Uh, a, a part two to this conversation with the two of you, Tandy and Terrence Allen, founders of Urban City Codes. I have like a dozen more questions and I'm sure our listeners uh, do as well. So, you know, you think we can hook that up? Have y'all come back and share some more oh, with absolutely. us? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of gems that we didn't even get to yeah. touch on. Yeah. But um, it has to be talked about. And this is one of the ways that um, we do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we have 15 seconds. Can you just tell me real quick how y'all met? <laughs> we, met we met online. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. We, technically met, we technically met each other. Wow. That's amazing. So two seconds left. Listen, we got to go. Uh, but we are definitely going to have these two dynamic individuals back on our voices today on WOVU 95.9 FM. It's Jumpstart Friday. 
Thank you so much to Tasia Duxworth and Vicki McDonald for helping curate these wonderful, informative, and enlightening, empowering conversations. And uh, remember, when there's a Duxworth in the room, you cannot go wrong. You see what we heard today? You can never go wrong with the Duxworth in the room at the helm. So with that, we are signing off for this week's Jumpstart Friday. Continue listening to WOVU 95.9 FM for more great conversation, uh, enlightening information, and also great music. Have a wonderful day, Cleveland.